0: Go to thenextreel.com slash transistor
1: and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Fine, fine Saturday matinee to you, Andy Nelson. Good morning, good morning, good morning. The first thing I need to hear from you, the very first thing as an avid follower and nay a fan of the service, is how are you feeling about movie pass?
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> I still get my free movies,
1: but as of today, as reported in The Hollywood Reporter, they have changed the service again. Did you read this that, according to oh this is what they said, aligned with sex this is a very human, I think human and rational and warm approach to long-term customers. As of today, aligned with Section 2.4 of our Terms of Use, your annual subscription plan will now let you see three movies a month instead of the previous unlimited offering. Now, haven't they done this before?
0: Yeah, they're pretty much changing it all the time.
1: They're not, they're not good at this. And when I say this, I mean like running a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pretty
0: bad. Yeah. You know, honestly... I I'm not using it as much as I should. So to that end, um, I'm one of the people that's probably uh, benefiting them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because I'm not watching. I, I'm, I've am i been lucky to get out to the theater and use their service like once a month. So I, I don't know. I'm contemplating switching to the AMC plan because at least I know AMC is more stable than MoviePass is.
1: Well, and you they pay you pay a little more for the AMC plan, don't you? Like you yeah, pay it's twice a, as much. a more sustainable kind of
0: <laughs> approach. It's twice as much, but yeah. I can use it when I go to IMAX or uh Dolby Cinema, things like that.
1: Because they're all movie AMC pass, that's that's
0: when, you know, I get stuck with um, you know, having movie pass but unable to use it for yeah. anything because uh, they don't allow you to go to those specialty screenings.
1: Yeah, that's lame yeah i'm i'm looking my alternative is because our theaters are regal well we don't have any amc here so regal is the big theater chain and uh i think they're a little bit new to this game of subscription like jumping into the subscription service uh you get you get a lot of points they have a point system so i've got points up the yin yang uh and can go see free movies on the, the points as the part of the crown club, but there's, they're, it, it's so hard to manage. It's, it's really painful to be a part of their service because it's so hard to use. Right. So I'm, I, you know, I think they, they need to figure that out. Yeah, that's it's always love a subscription. This was the thing that was so amazing to me when when I was down there with you and we went to see that movie and we went over to Steve's house and they pulled out like the subscription cups for the drink discounts. And I mean, all of that is so new to me. Like this is a brave new world subscription cups. I would I would have a subscription cup. Yeah,
0: you just buy the cup at the beginning of the year and then you use it all year and you just pay a buck to refill
1: it. Yeah, I have no subscription cups. That's a brilliant idea. It is subscription cups mm-hmm. and oh, shirts. Well. Shirts to get yeah. popcorn. Shirts? You yeah. you buy a shirt to get popcorn? What's that? Yeah. I didn't get a shirt.
0: Well, now they've actually changed it to just a popcorn pass. So you just have a, oh, a special a thing because nobody sort. actually wore the shirts. That was the initially. Why the would you wear the shirt? <laughs> oh, you have was, to wear it, shirt They are always get ugly popcorn. shirts. And it's like, why am I going to put <laughs> this shirt on just to get the free popcorn pass? And That's so a people would just idea. bring the shirt. <laughs> Because we would just bring it. And uh, then they started accepting you to just bring it. And then I think they finally realized, you know, no one's really wearing these shirts. (laughs) Let's just just drop that whole
1: thing. So you buy a little pass and you get discount popcorn. Exactly. That seems really smart to me. It is smart. They're smart. They're smart. But see, we don't have Harkins. That's that must be another local Arizona thing.
0: It started Arizona local, and now it's uh, in several states. I think Oklahoma, Colorado, all midwestern areas, mm-hmm. maybe a couple others, but uh, mm. not many.
1: Do you have any opinions on this Guardians of the Galaxy thing? Guardians
0: Three has been put on halt- hold. Halted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised. I figured it would be put on hold when you when you can the the you know, director. Yeah, kind of writer, director, creator, of course they're going to put it on hold. I mean, what else are they going to do? Now they've got to figure out um, a plan for who is going to direct it. Does it need to be rewritten? I know some of the actors have expressed disinterest in working on the script if it was still uh, James Gunn's script out of respect for him. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm very curious uh, as to where this whole thing is going to go. And some of the actors, uh, I think Dave Bautista actually said he's been considering, you know, if he might just want to request to the studio that they just write him out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know he's been been quite vocal on Twitter yeah, and has been quite vocal in, um, you know, posting and sending to Disney all kinds of stuff about the guy who led the charge to get gun. Fired to right. to dig up through Gun's history and sort of recontextualize uh, these early tweets that ended up getting him fired. It's it's really dark, and uh, I, I'm my it's one of those examples that of of social media gone awry. You know, what are you going to do, Disney? You're going to just let it hire him back? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I well, I have, that's I feel great pain
0: Yeah. Disney's put yeah. themselves in a really awkward situation. Unfortunately, totally. they they acted so quickly on the issue, um, and now they're in a hard position because people are going to be upset with them whichever way they go. Right, and now they've they've you know made a mess of this whole thing, and I don't know if there's really an easy way out of this situation that they've put themselves in. Um, do they just drop Guardians 3 permanently and and kill kill the whole project? Uh, do they bring on a different director? Are they going to have to bring on different cast members? No matter how you slice it, it's never going to be what it was. And I think that they've made a mess of it. And uh, mm-hmm. So now I'm really curious, though, to see what happens with James Gunn because I've heard that there are other other studios looking um uh very strongly at him for some other projects including i think i heard warner brothers was actually eyeballing him to come on board to direct um some of their um some of their comic book movies so that would be
1: fascinating yeah and and a well-deserved change of tone
0: oh absolutely i can't remember which one of their projects it was but uh i think it was actually green lantern they thought that he might be an interesting choice to to helm a, a reboot of that series and actually do something good with it
1: talk about a challenge yeah yeah actually you know what that's not a challenge that's like a it's just a complete can't tabula rasa i mean that is that it i feel like there are so many wonderful directors working who could do great work with Green Lantern, particularly because of a what the character offers, uh, b what the universe offers, and c how terribly the last movie uh, has sort of lived in history. Uh, it's it's wide open. Like the bar was set so so low. Yeah, that's true. Um,
0: I I know it's a complicated uh, franchise to to work in. So, but I feel like. You know, Gunn is probably a guy who could do something with it. You're right. Other people probably could, but I would be curious about uh, what he could bring to the table with it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we, just a little bit of box office opinionating. I'd like you to opinionate for me. Oh, uh, let the opine. opinionations begin. Would you Would you do some opinionationing? Uh, Kevin Spacey's Billionaire Boys Club earned $126 on open, opening day. Yeah. I think it's up to... Like two hundred and eighty-seven for the two two-day gross opening day. Wow! How do, you, how do you feel about that? I know you saw it early. <laughs> you probably were at some sort of a premiere. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. It actually looks like it's
0: listed with global at one point four million, though.
1: All right. Well, people around the world didn't didn't think so. Harshly. They don't care so much. <laughs> they about don't it. really care so much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh, wait, he's disgraced. Oh, oh, I get it. We're not supposed to see that movie. Yeah. <laughs> this one. So I, I don't know. I, I guess it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I didn't see it. Uh, it was I think we did it as a I did it as a trailer pick and it was not a movie that I was all that uh, in, interested in. Um, and uh, so it didn't surprise me that it didn't do well, but didn't do that well. That that was a surprise. What. What. Did surprise? What does surprise? It a bunch of surprises going on right now. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians is dominating. That surprised me, and in in a good way. I haven't seen the movie yet, but all the reports I'm getting is that it is not the movie you think it is, uh, and I I like hearing that. That sounds like something we're seeing. Have you seen it yet?
0: I have not, but it's been on my uh, radar.
1: Yeah, and to you and to us, uh, Happy Time Murders marks the worst opening of Melissa McCarthy's career. <laughs>
0: Oh, Melissa. Oh, dear.
1: (laughs) What do you you think about that? I know you've seen it it, now. I have. Yes, I have. And does it feel like that is in alignment (laughs) with your expectations?
0: I don't feel like I should say anything. I feel like I should save it for the film board, which we're going to be recording later this weekend.
1: I know, but I can't be there. Yeah, can tell, you can tell me, Andy. <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look, I will say, um uh I was not a fan at all. In fact, I downright hated uh Peter Jackson's uh puppet film. I'm blanking on the name right now. Um the Meet the Feebles. Mm-hmm. Uh I really hated it. And I'll just I'll just say there's a lot of similarities in in this,
1: <laughs> in, in some
0: of the storytelling uh with this Oh dear. This one. <laughs> oh dear. Am I being oh broad dear. enough? No. <laughs> <laughs> you were decidedly not. <laughs> oh, Andy. I love Ms. Melissa McCarthy. I think that she is always always great and uh she's always bringing good stuff to a film
1: and you're gonna stop there
0: i <laughs> <laughs> gotta save something for the show
1: oh uh, dear okay well it's what you gotta do it's what you gotta do yes dear. you got any news you want to talk about that's everything that was on my list of exciting uh news articles news items
0: you know um just uh, something that I, I finally got around to watching, um, which uh, I enjoyed quite a bit. It was it was the Great Beauty. Do you remember hearing about this film a few years back?
1: I do, but I don't remember why.
0: It was an Italian film. Uh, Paolo Sorrentino directed it. Um, it was uh, it was quite the festival darling. In fact, at the Oscars, it won Best Foreign Language Film.
1: Oh, I totally remember this. Yes, absolutely. And we did it. We talked about it. It was a trailer pick. Uh, I possibly totally totally was. Yeah, I totally remember. I remember the poster so, so clearly. Well, I,
0: I, um, I had avoided it for quite a while because it just looked so aloof and pompous and stuffy, Mm -hmm. you know, just the, just the, just the imagery of it looked that way. And uh, so, but I finally watched it because, you know, I'm trying to catch up on my, um, my, uh, Oscar nominations for best foreign language film. Mm -hmm. And I have to say it was not only was it an incredibly just creatively put together film, just beautiful camera work, stunning imagery. Um, it was completely engrossing from beginning to end and really quite uh, touching and powerful in the sense of kind of uh, the art of creation and finding finding that spark and I had an absolutely glorious time watching it so um, I'm so glad I did because I just I really didn't want to watch it it just looked so just stuffy but uh, it looked like kind of a, a stuffy for an art film like you know when people make fun of of foreign films, it looked like exactly what that is. It, yeah, it's the stereotype, right? But I loved it. So uh definitely a great film worth checking out. So uh so give it a shot. Uh, I would recommend to you and to all of our uh Patreon supporters who are tuning in.
1: Outstanding. Where'd you see it? Is it uh streaming?
0: No, I uh I rented the disc. the Criterion released it and I I checked it out from the library. The
1: library. What's that again? Uh, La Biblioteca, maybe you're familiar <laughs> with it? Does that help? Oh now I get it. Yeah. Right. No. Thanks for that. I'm Multilingual sure. prod. Let's uh let's do trailers, shall we? Let's let's. Um
0: I'll let you kick it off since uh since we don't have any rules applying to who gets to go first other than you posted first. <laughs>
1: Okay. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm choosing one that is not actually going to get a theatrical release. This is an Amazon Prime, direct-to-Prime uh, release. And, you know, there there was a time when the direct-to-streaming would be looked at with a little bit of suspicion. Um, I'm actually not looking at this one with suspicion. This looks like a, a, a big Amazon investment uh starring uh jim broadbent and uh jim carter and tobias menzies and um, of course um the great uh, the great what's his name with the chianti <laughs> good old what's his name <laughs> you know? i love him oh I he's think you mean the, anthony hopkins <laughs> anthony hopkins You that that guy's gonna never gonna that's <laughs> going to be a great and dramatic introduction, and Anthony Hopkins as King Lear. Uh, this is, of course, King Lear, uh, directed by Richard Eyer. and uh, it is. Uh, I think every now and again, every several years, handful of years, we need a big, blustering Shakespeare joint, you know, and this seems to be one <laughs> That's of what them. They call them. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. So and, Spike Lee's uh, joints. Spike Lee's is Shakespeare's joint. <laughs> <laughs> the next Shakespeare joint. It is the next Shakespeare joint. So this King Lear as a story has a very warm place in my heart. When I was a kid in high school, uh, a couple of friends and I, friends the show, uh, at D.C. Barnes and Trent Adams, we had a little film company. And uh, high school, other high school students would, quote, hire us to make video adaptations of their, like, school presentations. And we had been uh, tasked to create a, a movie of King Lear starring this sort of learning team of students who needed to tell the story of King Lear in short form. And so... Uh, we totally invested in King Lear, and uh, so it, it is a place that's very close to my heart. And uh, I I think that seeing Anthony Hopkins in in that lead role, knowing that it's a role that's been important to him for some time, is uh, is going to be really really fun. Um, I, you know, I I think highly of the cast. I think highly of the direction, and. Uh, all the, getting all these people on screen for this particular property, uh, and and watching Hopkins go bananas. Hopkins goes bananas uh, <laughs> is uh, is going to be a great thing to add to the the Shakespeare collection. So it's already cruising over the six star IMDb rating, uh, and so I think it's going to be going to be worth checking out. What what do you, what'd you think?
0: I think Hopkins Goes Bananas is actually his follow-up to this uh, with an <laughs> orangutan as his uh, starring companion.
1: Totally. So I am very much looking forward. <laughs> Left turn, Clyde. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very much looking forward to that one. Um, I, you know, King Lear is um, one of uh, Shakespeare's projects that uh, I really do enjoy quite a bit. I think there's a lot of... Um, really uh, just beautiful stuff going on in the particular story my my favorite adaptation that i've seen is probably the one that uh peter brooke directed i think it might have been i don't know if it was a, a tv like a, a made for the bbc type of tv movie sort of thing um or if it actually did get a theatrical release. But um, I've just found so much power in, in Peter Brooks' version. Paul Schofield uh, plays Lear in that one. And I've always loved the imagery. It's just really powerful. Um, likewise, this one looks really, really good. Um, I just love the 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 tone of it. And actually reading a little bit about the plot makes me even more excited. Set in an alternate universe, 21st century, highly militarized London. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. like wow this and, and it looks it just looks great um the casting i mean with uh emma thompson and emily watson as the two older daughters uh they look great in this as well um i i do find this to be just an absolutely compelling story whatever variation it is whether it's uh kurosawa or peter brook or um looks to be uh this one so um yeah it's a nice pick I'm i'm looking forward to it
1: Excellent. Well, I'm glad I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it does, it hits the 28th of September. I think it drops, um, on Amazon prime, certainly in the U S and UK. That was the, the, it was Trevor. Was it Trevor Nunn? Um, that was the one that, that, with it was the Royal Shakespeare production, uh, version of Lear with Ian McKellen. That was the one that really stood out for me. I think, uh, um, uh, I, I actually, I don't know if I saw that Peter Brook version that you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I, I watched it in a class, uh, like a literature class in college and uh, we watched the, the professor had us watch a couple different variations of King Lear just to kind of compare the storytelling styles. And, uh, we watched that one and then we watched, I think the more famous Orson Welles version. But, um, this one by far I found, um, to this day i mean it's for me the most affecting version that i've seen even more so than than ran um uh, Mm -hmm. kurosawa's version or anything else and did you ever see a thousand acres the uh kind of uh uh it was a novel uh it was a movie based on a novel that was kind of a reworking of the story um it came out in the late nineties, had like Michelle Pfeiffer, Jessica Lang, I think Jace was it Jason Robards was their father. Yeah, Jason Robards.
1: Oh, you see that? interesting. I no, I don't think I did. Uh but I'm looking at it right now. King Lear set on a farm in Iowa. Yeah. Man, this is right at the six-star rule on IMDB.
0: Yeah, I remember struggling with it a little bit. I didn't think it captured as as much of the storytelling that I wanted it to, it seemed a little more of a kind of a, a weepy drama, but um, but it is an interesting interpretation of it. And I think it if we would, ever do the, a King Lear series, it would be an interesting one to throw in just to see how it can be revisioned.
1: Yeah. The, the novel for A Thousand Acres was actually written by Jane Smiley. Uh, who is one of my very favorite writers, and I have not read this book, but I interviewed her for a uh, – she joined me as a guest speaker in a class I was teaching on another one of her works. She's a fantastic writer in that sort of Americana um, space. and uh, well, so definitely should read highly, it. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I highly recommend her work, and I need to read this book. Yeah. nice, Nice pick. Okay, now it's your turn.
0: Well, I am going for a trailer that, uh, that just played for me when I went and saw happy time murders, which, um, looked quite interesting. It's called a simple favor. And actually the, the trailer is marketed as, uh, from the darker side of, of Paul Feig. Or Fieg. Or Fieg. <laughs> I never remember how you say his last name.
1: Fieg. It's Fieg. Fieg. I know nobody we've been getting does, in nobody trouble. Nobody else with, says it right with
0: antagonistic listeners for not pronouncing yes. people's names right, but <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's how Paul likes it.
1: <laughs> this it's Paul. Paul. Paul Fieg, Fieg.
0: <laughs> Right. So a simple favor is the latest in in his his oeuvre. Uh, and it looks quite uh, uh, it looks different for him, and it got me pretty excited um, because I I do think that Paul has had his ups and downs with his projects. Let me get some water. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really uh, I I loved Spy and I loved Bridesmaids. I enjoyed The Heat. I thought it was kind of fun. I didn't mind Ghostbusters. I know a lot of Ghostbusters fans completely love it or uh, completely hate it because they love the first one so much. But um, I was never really a big fan of the first one anyway, so I didn't think that they could screw it up (laughs) that badly. And so, you know, I enjoy it well enough. Um, But I think that he's somebody who's done some some interesting projects uh, that I've enjoyed and seeing him kind of take this darker path with a, a really interesting story um it kind of got me excited this is a story about uh a, um, a mom stephanie whose whose son asks for a play date with his uh friend from school and his mom happens to be uh emily and uh the two women are played by anna kendrick and blake lively and it it the story kind of sets up this kind of odd relationship, Anna Kendrick, not the sort of person that uh, is that popular, even as an adult. And Emily is very kind of high styling, it seems. Um, But it seems to be there's a darker side to Emily. And uh, she calls uh, Stephanie over one day to come over and help her with something. And when Stephanie shows up, Emily's just gone. And it turns into this disappearance of Emily and Stephanie's trying to help figure it out. But as, as she tries to figure out what might have happened. Things kind of get darker and more twisted, and it makes for something that I think looks very interesting. So um, I was, I don't know, I, I guess I wasn't expecting something like this from uh, from Paul, but uh, it got me pretty excited. And I think the the actresses both look great in their roles. Uh, what do you think of this one?
1: Oh, I totally agree. And uh, it's so funny. Blake Lively can I just say about Blake Lively? She's one of those actresses that I—I I, I don't know—I—I I didn't watch. She was on the sh- that show. What was the show uh, that she did? Uh, um, Gossip Girl. Yeah, Gossip Girl. I was not a—I was not a Gossip Girl fan. Uh, I enjoyed uh, Age of Adeline, um, uh, but in in terms of like following. Uh, You know, Blake Lively, I I haven't been a big Blake Lively fan, I guess, Uh, but man, I love her on social media. Oh, really? Is that weird? She's so, <laughs> so great. And of course, uh, her husband is Ryan Reynolds. And together, they make a, I, I can't believe I'm going to say these words, a social media power couple. They are so funny. It is more entertaining to watch how they interact with each other on inter- Instagram than some of their movies. Uh, but this is one of those examples where her personality is something that draws me to want to see this movie like that. That strikes me as a that's unusual for me that that it is a, a somebody's social media presence that actually makes me want to to follow their work. Um, I, I think this movie looks really compelling. I think uh, the two of them, you're absolutely right together. Uh, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting combination uh, of personalities. I think the problem that, that that at least that I've heard from a lot of people who had a problem with Ghostbusters that is that, you know, it didn't need to be remade that way. It was just kind of a gender swap. You know, if there was a character in the other movie that was male, now it is female. And if it was female, now it is male. And that seemed like a kind of a, too much of a low-hanging fruit adaptation. And this movie looks... Like uh, an original story uh, with people insofar as the gender doesn't matter so much. It just is a story that is going to be a story about interesting women doing mysterious, thrilling things. And uh, so I I really look forward to this movie. I think it's going to be great. And you should totally follow Blake Lively on Instagram. (laughs) <laughs> she's the best and her sense of fashion is off the hook she, she wears so. crazy stuff do you see her at like the vmas she's amazing
0: oh i just thought you meant her sense of fashion in the trailer because it also exists there it too. also
1: exists there yeah no <laughs> i think she does her own styling she's amazing she's she is uh fantastic so
0: well it is based on a novel by uh, uh by darcy bell and it's her debut novel so um So maybe that also helps give it that a little more of an original twist. Yeah,
1: yeah. Definitely something. Well, I look forward to it, yeah.
0: Definitely something to be excited about. This one is going to be hitting theaters um, in mid-September for most of the world. Looks like here in the USA, September 14th. And uh, it'll go through the end of September through most of the world, except October, November for Poland, the Czech Republic, and Germany.
1: Let's do the list, Andy. Ooh, the list. You weren't here last week.
0: But you guys did an admirable job
1: of coming up with ideas. I think we did okay. I think we did okay. I thought we did okay, I should say, until I started coming up with my list. Yeah, you guys did make it challenging. It was I will say. <laughs> this was not easy. Yeah, the movie last uh, week was uh, Beneath
0: the Planet of the of the Apes and mm-hmm. for that, um yeah, the the option that uh, that everybody voted on was Subterranean communities.
1: Yeah. That's...
0: Nobody voted for cinematic warlords, and a few people voted for end-of-the-world movies, but uh, that would have been the easy one, I, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Subterranean civilizations,
1: a little trickier. A little Here's, trickier. here's what I thought. I, as people were voting, I imagined each of their inner monologue going something like this. Warlords, end of the world, subterranean civilizations. Well, the guys sure didn't think this through. Click. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, so uh, since you weren't around, uh, would you like to go first? You know, I would.
0: I would, Pete. Right. Thank you so much. <laughs> so for my first choice, I am actually going with the third of a trilogy, and um, an oft-maligned trilogy because it dropped in, in quality. Most Let me people. just say, I'm almost sure this is already a steal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure it is, too. Um, uh, I really do enjoy The Matrix Revolutions, even though most people hate it. I think uh, the Matrix, Matrix Reloaded. Is uh, a very frustrating film. Frustrating because it's long; it just never seems to end. I like a lot of stuff in it, but for me, the revolutions was the uh, um, the one that I enjoyed um, much more. Even though it gets a little um, uh, nonsensical with the uh, the you know the, the final explanations, all that exposition we get um, coming from the. Uh, I can't even remember his name. The 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 man in the computer when we go into his room, it just gets The a architect? Little, the architect, there you go. Yeah. It gets a little silly. But you know what? I enjoy so much of the other stuff in here that I I end up forgiving this film for a lot of those sorts of issues. You and can what
1: forgive I... a lot mostly because there is actually a character in the movie called Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I, I honestly, after the first film, when it was announced that it was a trilogy, I felt like the Wachowski brothers had just written themselves into a corner. No matter how you sliced it, it was going to be a tricky, um, a tricky trilogy to put together in a way that was as pleasing to people as the first film was, because the first film was just so great because of everything going on in the, in the, uh, uh, the real world, quote unquote, and and uh, or our world, you know, the one that mm-hmm. is the Matrix. And I knew by the time you got to the end, you're going to have to spend a lot of time in the real world, which is the underground world that the, uh, you know, that everybody is actually just a battery in. Um, right. and you know, I was like, yeah, it's going to be fine. It'll be a big battle and I'll be okay with that. I did really enjoy what they did though. And despite some of the club dancing and stuff that they do down in Zion, which I did find a little, uh, uh, irritating, I actually really enjoyed the underground community that they had created here and I do enjoy that great big battle that they have um, down there. I think it's a it's visually uh quite stunning. So uh so that's my first pick, The Matrix Revolutions.
1: I as much as I I'm gonna avoid picking The Matrix Reloaded, <laughs> although technically that's where we meet Zion and right. the Nebuchadnezzar has that awesome docking scene that I like so much. So that'll be my <laughs> a bonus pick since <laughs> it, it was a steal. Uh, I, I will start with um, uh, with a uh, an old oldie but a goodie. Is it maybe it's just an oldie? Uh, That is THX 1138. Uh, This was George Lucas's uh, first. And uh, it is a movie that I saw because I felt like I had to. And there are a lot of people who really like it. And I sometimes wonder why. Uh, It takes place in an unnamed underground kind of um, cave, not cave, underground, just sort of industrial chic complex. uh, And it is uh, all about uh, the story of people who have uh, really serial number names instead of real names and they rebel against their their uh, the the rigidly controlled society and culture and uh, it's it, it you know robert Duvall's in it and donald Pleasants and you you kind of got to see it for all that stuff i found it a little bit tiresome but it it does fit the bill so they, it does THX fit the bill 1138 Did you, are you a fan of THX 1138? Not really. Um, I do
0: find it, uh, I I find it an interesting watch. It's not anything I love, but I think in context of the world of sci-fi, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a story that's, that's interesting. It's nice to see George Lucas kind of at his, um, you know, early kind of more arty sci-fi sort of storytelling before he goes into the kind of the big budget blockbuster, uh, world. Yeah but um i don't know I, I, I guess it was just something that i felt um might have been a little more heady than it needed to be um but you know i still like it and actually i i never watched his um i know he went back to that one also and did his own special version um uh, yeah. with ad- additional uh cg and some creatures and all that sort of stuff i have never seen that um, I heard that it's not an improvement. So I think if I am going to go back to it, I am probably going to go back to the uh-huh, original version if I can find I, that one this I is
1: know. this is the thing I don't think you can find it I, I don't have that one I uh, but but I will say it was a lateral move to my memory like it if you didn't have strong feelings about the original you won't have very strong feelings about the the changes that he made in the um, in his the, the Lucasification of it yeah yeah so uh, but it it's one of those things you should see it because you need it in your catalog you need to at least be able to talk about it with other nerds
0: right exactly Exactly.
1: There you go. What's your next pick?
0: For my next choice, I'm looking at uh, Guillermo del Toro. And, excuse me, an early film that he did. uh, 1997, uh, Mimic. Which, you know, it's it's a film that I think people don't enjoy that much. But in the world of Guillermo del Toro, I find that I end (laughs) up liking
1: it a lot more than a lot of his other films. Isn't that because people, like, there are so many people involved with this movie that just suddenly faded out like what happened to Mira sorvino
0: well yeah but then you look at Josh Brolin you're like oh oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's that I just think that um it's it's just seen as kind of a a, a b-level horror movie that yeah. didn't do a whole lot before he really had a chance to you know find himself and all of a sudden became this auteur that everybody wanted to make these these great films but I I and granted, he didn't have directors cut with the film, and I know he was unhappy with it. And I know he released a uh, a director's cut um, sometime in the last ten years. Although I've never gone back to see that one, and I, I hear he's much happier with that one. Um, but um, but I still enjoyed it. I thought it was actually really interesting, and it dealt with these these kind of cockroaches uh, that were in kind of the the underground subway world. Of New York which is kind of this whole other world in and of itself with these people who kind of live down there and um, but people are getting these diseases from these cockroaches and, and Mira Servino is this entomologist who's, who's uh, trying to study these and she's using this uh, genetic engineering to create a breed of, of uh, cockroach that helps get rid of these bad cockroaches that are, are killing everybody or I think mostly it's children but as it turns out this breed that she has created, um, evolves and they turn into these gigantic, gigantic (laughs) cockroaches (laughs) that are like human size. But I, I really love about them that they actually stand and they look like they're mimicking people. I just found that so off-putting and creepy and they all have to go, you know, the whole clan has to go underground to, um, to find them and, and stop them and rescue the people and all that sort of stuff and and they they meet some some people who uh you know, spend more time underground than probably they should and i guess that's my stretch for calling this an underground civilization although i think you could say the cockroaches are the civilization oh i thought case. you were
1: totally but, leaning on the cockroaches yeah i was gonna well, give there, it to you for the cockroaches <laughs> but <laughs> of um
0: that. yeah yeah i don't know i just i found this to be much better than people said and so i think it's worth checking out my second well, i totally Wait,
1: agree with you also because norman Reedus is in it yeah uh, it's his, first one of his, his first film and the you know i i i misspoke i should have not have said it because look at these other people f murray abraham you already yeah. mentioned josh brolin charles s dutton this was a 90s era charles s dutton which is before he was in things like what lola wants like he was awesome in the 90s i you know giancarlo Giannini, come on yeah. uh what is going on with why this movie is not is not more popular it's a 5.9 on the imdb scale people go see it and at least give it a 6.1 we got to get it to a 6.
0: i want to check out the uh, director's cut now and yeah. see what i think of that one
1: yeah so
0: anyway that's my Good second pick. choice not steel steal
1: Not a still. Uh, All right. I love that. I'm going to go animated, Andy, and I'm actually surprised that I got to this one uh, before you did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's because I was saving it for the finale. (laughs) Uh.
1: I bet that you are going to say Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Is that where you're going? No. No. Ugh. Then you're going to say Fraggle Rock. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) If only they had a feature film, I (laughs) would (laughs) have. Uh, this is the uh, 2001 film uh, Atlantis: The Lost Empire. It comes from Disney. They, they started production on this one right after uh, Hunchback, and I know Hunchback is high on your list. This is circa the same era as as that stars Michael J. Fox, Jim Varney. Weirdly, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Claudia Christian is in it. Uh, James Garner is in it. John Mahoney is in it. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is in it. I mean, they've got some great, great... Oh, David Ogden Stiers is in it. Uh, So they've got some fantastic voice talent. And it's a movie that weirdly sort of landed in this same kind of cultural space as Treasure Planet. You know, this kind of... uh, um, weird, like not quite Disney enough. Disney movie. Um, uh, when they were making that transition from hand drawn animation to like leaning heavily on CG, and uh, and this is one of those movies, but it does. They do end up busting through this wall inside of a volcano, and they discover Atlantis, which is not uh, underwater. It is in. It, it is underground. A whole civilization of people. Uh, of the Atlanteans, uh, carrying on with their daily buckle shuffle underground. Uh, and and it's cute. You know, it's one of those that my kids really liked and uh, when they were of a certain age. And so we definitely have this one in the collection. And it's a 6.8 on the IMDb star scale. So there you
0: go. It's, uh, it, it's not a bad animated film. I actually, um, there are a lot of things about it that I do like quite a bit. Um, but I, I have, I, I do have some issues with it. This is one that was kind of in that, uh, that era that kind of, uh, stopped the, the, uh, hand-drawn animation because I think Roy Disney was, uh, was really championing this and Treasure Planet, and uh, they they didn't succeed as well at the box office as people were hoping they would, and because of that, um, you know, they, Disney used that as see nobody wants to see hand drawn animation anymore. Right. That's kind of led to the transition to all CG films. Um, barring The Princess and the Frog, which was when they tried to come back and say, no, people, it's the storytelling. And then it didn't do it very well. And they said, see, people only (laughs) want to watch CG animated movies (laughs) because people are dumb. People are dumb. People are dumb. Oh, people. So... But uh, it's it's an interesting film. I, I do have a lot of problems with it. But I think Disney did a lot of interesting stuff with it. The, the thing that weirdly frustrates me more than anything with this one is that – and it's, it's such a silly thing to be um, uh, get irritated about – but in the world of Disney and Disney princesses, the fact that Kida is never recognized anywhere as a Disney princess, I find absurd. It's like, come on, just just put her up there. Let the yes. people have their princess.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times yes. Yes. You're right. Okay. I mean,
0: they do the same with the girl in uh, um, uh, The Black Cauldron, but <laughs> maybe <laughs> that one might be for the best. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> All right. What's your, uh, what's your number one? My final pick, which I'm glad I do get to bring up. You did not steal it. Uh, you, you said animated and, and made me a little nervous. This is an animated film I watched fairly recently. Uh, it's from 2013. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, a Japanese sci-fi film that uh, Yasuhiro Yoshiura uh, wrote and directed. And it's called Patama Inverted. This was um it wasn't a perfect film but I found the world so unique and exciting it's definitely one you have to buy into because it's kind of fully nonsensical but I really really kind of just I loved the 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 visuals that it allowed uh, throughout the film. Basically it's a it's a story that takes place in the future when scientists are trying to get energy out of gravity and what happens though is it screws up the gravity on the planet and, and tons of people and houses and everything kind of just flies off the planet into space. So we now are, are That's later awesome. than that. And there's this whole society of humans who now live underground and their gravity is all reversed. So, so their up is our down And, and the story focuses on this, this young girl, Padma who, um, is there, she's always exploring and trying to find resources and everything. And she's in these tunnels and she's freaked out because she sees a figure walking on the ceiling toward her. And, um, and she escapes and finds that this is a, somebody who's still living on the surface and finds out that there's a whole society of people still living on the surface whose gravity is normal. And so she ends up going to the surface and like she has to grab onto things like she grabs onto this this boy who helps her um, and uh, and because from his perspective she is floating up into the sky from her perspective um, she's falling down into the sky and it's the film is constantly shifting these perspectives between people and how things are viewed. And it just, it makes for such an exciting visual experience. And uh, and it just kind of goes from there. But um, it's, it's like, like I said, it's not like my favorite of films, but the world it created was wholly unique and completely uh, fascinating to watch. So that's
1: my final pick, Patima Inverted. i never seen it, and it sounds fascinating. It's on the list. Definitely check it out. It's a fun one.
0: It's a, it's a fun one. My uh, uh, kids also enjoyed it, so...
1: That's awesome. All cool. right. All right. Well, my final pick is, I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's a little bit of a Tom Cruise protest pick because there's so much talk about Mission Impossible right now. And I feel like this movie is, has been kind of unfairly uh, forgotten. And that is 2013's Oblivion, which I really enjoyed. Uh, it is the story of this vet in this post-apocalyptic society, and he is hes stationed on earth to guard these i I don't remember what the whole the whole gambit is for him he's guarding some energy resources and repairing battle drones uh that and and so he's got this fancy future tower that he lives in and it's all very very cool uh and then he comes across morgan freeman and the scavs or scavs scabs? (laughs) Sc- scabs, <laughs> the scavengers. Scabs, well, they're like the scavengers. Scabs. Yeah. yeah, they're the scavengers, and they live in their underground bunker, the Red Rock Mountain Complex uh, bunker, and that is there. That's that's what I'm leaning on for their uh, underground civilization. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie, uh, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Uh, I thought it was a really fun vision uh, of the um, you know the the whole sort of post apocalyptic future. Uh, I don't. I don't remember why... Um, you know why when I talk to people like I don't remember what their main argument is for why they didn't like this movie but it's a seven star on IMDb so clearly somebody's liking it. It was originally based on a graphic novel that I have not read also by uh, Joseph Kaczynski uh, who who did the original story but you know Tom Cruise, Morgan Freeman, uh, Olga Kirlienko, uh they're all really strong in, in this movie and uh, oh Nikolai Kosterwalda was in it too which is uh, also fun to get a little bit of a um, Game of Thrones uh Game of Thrones push if you need it between seasons so
0: i I also really liked this movie I think a lot of people complained that it had a um uh, uh, it took a uh, some of its story direction from moon that um, was a sci-fi film that we had talked about on mm-hmm. the show and uh, which was also great yeah also great and this had kind of a similar vibe to it and i think some people uh just felt like this was was using some of the conceits from moon it's hard to not really yeah it's hard to not talk about it without really kind of spoiling um, both films but it pulls something that seems very uh familiar and i think a lot of sci-fi fans just just you know accuse this of being too blatant to rip off and I, I, I can see the point, but I think that everything was done in a fresh enough way where I really had no problem with it. And I actually really enjoyed this film, too. So, so fie on those people, Pete. Fie on those let's people. Let's enjoy the
1: film and, and live with it. We shall. Together. You and me. To the end. <laughs> in our happy world. <laughs> so, that's it. There's a, it's, a, it's a good list. I'm happy yeah. with this list. It was harder to come up with. I had a couple on my, uh, my backup list in addition to Fraggle Rock. <laughs> uh, which was uh one and, and i I only didn't pick it because we've I think I've picked it before, which is demolition man the the uh, this is why I was getting it confused because they're not the scabs, they're the scraps, the scraps resistance group lives in an underground city underneath demolition man uh and uh, metropolis, which we've already talked about there's the the whole underground thing there that we uh, we've talked about uh, and I couldn't remember in in the first total recall, is that underground or is it just under a dome?
0: It's just under a dome
1: on Mars. Okay, that's what I, I couldn't remember if when they, if there was a, a part of it that goes underground. So that was that was it. Oh, and Blast from the Past because that's the movie I watched on my wedding night. But it's not really a <laughs> civilization. It's just a family living in a bunker. But they were civilized.
0: Oh, that's funny. That well, and it's uh, yeah. I mean, there were a number that I couldn't put on the list because we've talked about on the show before. Mm-hmm. Like I would happily have included The Descent. Um, I would, uh, I, yeah,
1: I, that was, I, I thought about that one, but it felt a little bit like they weren't civilized. It's still a civilization.
0: Mm. There's mamas and papas and babies. <laughs> <You're>, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And there's, I can't remember there, there were a couple others that I thought about putting on my list, but we had discussed, so I, I took them off. The only other one that I had that, um, I was, I, I w- really kind of had as a backup was the island. Michael I did, Bay's too. Film. You're right. Yeah. Um, but
1: they, yeah. OK. My,
0: but because I found it to be a really interesting film that um, was a fantastic uh, sci fi world that I felt should have been done on a lower budget minus Michael Bay. I felt yeah. like the context of, of that unique story on, in Michael Bay's hands just was was too much. But um,
1: yeah. But were they but yeah. were they underground? They
0: were yeah, weren't the, wasn't the island, wasn't like an underground place that, uh, um, because when he comes out of it, it's, uh, it, it's not like they're on the. Yeah, surface. I guess you're right. I, I, I guess feel you're like right. they came out of the ground. They came to, out of something,
1: yeah. yeah, to get to the water.
0: Huh. Well, just to get to and and the rest, the second half of the
1: movie. Yeah, second half of the movie, right when they're on the run. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, that's that was what I couldn't remember. If they were just again under a dome, that was kind of a, if they were just sort of secluded, right? Or if they were underwater. So I'll I'll take your memory for that. So that's where we were. That's where we were for this particular movie, and we are going on to another Apes movie for this
0: week's list. Escape from the Planet of the Apes.
1: Yeah. So space monkeys. Sp- <laughs> Well,
0: <laughs> I, I think that, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the, uh, uh, the discord channels, but, um, I kind of, uh, heartedly brought up the idea of, um, movies that had been, you know, where the, the, the movie or movies had definitively ended and they found a way to retcon it and bring it back. That could certainly be one. It might make uh, for absolutely.
1: It might make for a difficult list Challenge, again. I guarantee you they're going to pick that. Whatever guess, it is, probably. they're going to pick that. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't even matter.
0: Films that were retcon sequels for a film that had a very clear ending. That's what I yes, called it. Yes, <laughs> that's
1: yikes. Um, yep. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Um, well, I'm, I'm doing Steve's trick where I'm going to the IMDb keywords. And there are things like tragic event or cigarette <laughs> smoking. Well, let's
0: see. We've got government, uh, um, uh, like, Senate hearings. Senate hearings. So we could always go to the exciting world of Senate hearings. <laughs> Cinematic Senate hearings.
1: <laughs> Cinematic Senate hearings. They, I think they might pick that now, that all sounds, of a sudden. <laughs> that sounds painful.
0: I don't know if we should put that
1: down on the list. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, animals wearing clothes. <laughs> Well, we've got
0: talking animals. Well, uh, we've done, we've, we've put that on the list before, but this time, yeah, yeah, let's see. We've got, um, what do we have? We have circuses. We have, um, we should totally do like, uh, you know, clothing montages.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Clothing montages, but, uh, do, I can't think of any other movies in which there's a clothing montage with the, with the animals wearing the clothes. Uh, no it
0: doesn't have to be animals wearing pol- uh, clothes uh, it, it can be you know I mean there's there's tons of options of, of great
1: fashion you know, montages in film
0: uh, yeah it, it, pick if any wedding movie and yeah, inevitably right. you're going to see you know the wedding dress montage yep yep it might be low hanging fruit but we can yeah. see, we can certainly do that as an option
1: movies with reel to reel tape recorders <laughs>
0: <laughs> how about um, how about uh, no that's way too difficult i was going to say 70s uh doctors or doctors who you know didn't pay attention to you know responsibility with patients i.e smoking <laughs> around them and such smoking
1: and and letting pregnant women drink this guy, that's way <laughs> way too difficult <laughs> uh, it could just be terrible doctors it's just the the worst doctors cinematic bad doctors
0: cinematic bad doctors well, he's not really a doctor, though. Like, I, I, I think that doesn't work.
1: Well, he was a psychiatrist.
0: That's he's like a, a government employee.
1: Yeah, but uh, you know, his role was like his training was uh, to be a doctor.
0: You just want to do cinematic bad doctors? Well, I, you just I want to throw it on there, don't you?
1: It, it's again, it, it's it is what it is. Movies with great truth serums. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we we could
0: do bad doctors. I'm okay with that.
1: Okay. Bad doctors. Bad now, movie doctors. Or we're not talking
0: about like killer doctors, are we?
1: So we're limiting bad doctors now?
0: Well, I mean, bad. Uh, I guess it's fine. Bad. He's he's evil no matter how you slice it, right?
1: That's it, right. That's right.
0: So we're doing films that were retcon sequels for a film that had a very clear ending. Mm-hmm. Bad movie doctors and uh, wardrobe montages.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, if you can find the Triple Crown, a movie with all three of those, <laughs> please let us know. Oh, that's going to be a very special movie. <laughs> very special movie. I can't wait. Good well, pick. I've,
0: I've put the list up in uh in the Satmat uh uh or the Show Talk channel over on Discord, so Get your votes in, everybody, and uh, it will make for uh, will make an interesting discussion next week, no matter which way we go.
1: <laughs> Can't wait. Thank you, uh, everybody, and thank you uh, to all of our patrons uh, for supporting the show and helping to make all of this good stuff possible. We really appreciate it. And uh, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Join us. Give us a few bucks and uh, join the Discord. We'd love to have you there.
0: Awesome. Bye everybody. Hello, hello uh, Stephen, and goodbye everybody.
1: Goodbye everybody. Andy, according to my friend Internet, this is what Letterboxd is.
0: today. I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool.
1: Lexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this?
0: We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service.
1: Just use the discount code Next or visit thenextreel.com slash letterbox to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.